0: Call in at 303 690 3000. Let's join Calvary Live
4: right now. So, that number that you just heard, I welcome you to call it and call into our show. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. And I'm blessed to be with you this afternoon to answer your questions and to take your prayer requests. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. And I am here to minister and to just encourage and to build up and to just be open to what the Lord wants to do during this hour during this program uh I'm so blessed to be with you, and always it's a privilege for me to serve in any way uh especially as I do calvary Live and we need to be encouraged we need to be built up we need answers. I was just thinking. Uh, As we came on the air, that a lot of people around us, and I'm sure that you who are tuned in that are listening and are a Christian, that you have people that are linked to your life that have questions. They're wondering what is going on? What's going on with our nation? What's going on in the world today? What's going on um, in a lot of different areas of life? Things have changed so much, so rapidly. And we have the opportunity to be able to minister to them. So uh, maybe you got a question. Maybe you're uncertain about things. Maybe you need prayer. The call in number is 303 690 3000. And love to talk with you, love to pray with you, answer your questions as we go to the Word of God. Because one thing that we do have for certain. And that is Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Word of God. And Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And we can go to the Word of God, and we can get answers, and we can be comforted, and we can be directed, and we can get wisdom. That is godly wisdom. And so we're so blessed. And that's what this show is about, to be able to minister to you and give you the answers that you need and to be able to just uh, bring Uh, God's Word and encouragement to you in any way that we can. So give me a call. we got all open lines, 303-690-3000. I know it's Monday, but let me know you're there. Maybe perhaps you're coming home from work or school, or maybe perhaps you're getting the kids a snack, uh, maybe at work, finishing the day, and you have opportunity to give me a call. 303-690-3000. And as most of you know that have tuned in to Calvary Live, there is a text line that you can text in a question or a prayer request. And that number is 720-336-0897. And I'll be giving those numbers uh, throughout the show. Text line 720-336-0897. So let's get the phones ringing. Let's talk about the Lord and grab one of those open lines And um, as you call early, you're uh, for sure going to get on the show, and sometimes it starts to fill up later uh, during the hour, so 303-690-3000. want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners uh, that are along the front range here in Colorado from Pueblo, Fountain, Colorado Springs, 101.7, so blessed to, to be a part of your lives down there in the Colorado Springs area. Got many friends down there, good memories. That's where I started my ministry at Rocky Mountain Calvary. So a great, sh- you know, shout out to you guys down there. Uh, that was many years ago uh, when the church was small and the, um, when it was just a few of us. And and I look at what God has done over the last thirty years there. And it's it's such a glorious thing. And Pastor Eric and. And uh, everyone down there in Colorado Springs, and many other good Christian friends, Al Pittman and and others, and uh, Calvary Worship Center, we're so great, uh, wonderful. Is so um, thankful to be a part of of uh, what God is doing with you guys down there. And then also eighty nine point seven from Castle Rock and Parker up into uh, northern Colorado. That includes all the metro area and Boulder and and Longmine, and Fort Collins, and my hometown, Greeley, and up into southern Wyoming, uh, welcome all of you listening in. What a beautiful day, beautiful fall day, whole lot different than it was a week ago, right? A week ago, uh, it was um, the ash and the smoke from the fires. It was very eerie here, but then we had that snow come in. Uh, we got a beautiful day today, and so uh, this is a beautiful time of the year. Also, want to welcome all those who are listening, perhaps on the East Coast, Truth and, um, and Hope FM. As you're listening to those radio stations and uh, to Calvary Live, you can call at that number, 303 690 3000, and uh, be on the show. But you are a week delayed, and we want to welcome all the online listeners as well. We got online listeners that are listening on perhaps. Um, their computers uh, to the website Grace FM or on their tablets. You too can call anywhere in the nation, and I see that we got people listening from Southern California up the up into Washington and and all around the East Coast and the Midwest. So glad to be a part of your life, and also international listeners from Ukraine and South Africa, welcome. So grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Um, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to our first caller. Let's go to Jill in Longmont. Hi, Jill.
2: Hey, hey, Pastor. How are... How are you doing today?
4: I'm good. How are you today?
2: I'm I'm doing well, thanks. Hey, my question is, and I, I don't know. I try to make it quick. It's uh, I've read the Bible once before. Now I'm going through it again many years later. And the first time I read it, I skipped a little bit through Leviticus because I understand another pastor said, based uh, on um, Exodus, the counting of all the people and that that God was wanting to really give relevance to every, every head and every soul and every person in his flock. I, I think... Right. That's what I heard from another pastor about a month ago. But now I'm into Leviticus, and I'm not sure if, the, if that's correct about the counting of all the people. And But I, I can't—I hate to say this, but it's very tedious and it's minutiae to listen to all of the measurements of every single—and uh, the, and the colors of the garments and the measurements of every single— like the I, I understand it's important about the right. ark, but there are, you know, the length measurements and then there's the the tabernacle measurements. Okay, I can quit there. You get get my
4: point. <laughs> <laughs> and Jill, it can be. You know, the book of Numbers has the census in the early part of Numbers and then later on in Numbers, the book of Leviticus, the book of Exodus, the book of Leviticus talks about um how the priests could serve and worship and obey a holy God and a lot of the sacrifices and the details given to that as well. The book of Exodus talks about the tabernacle and uh, all the furnishings and the details of it, the Ark of the Covenant, the, the uh, you know menorah, the shoebread table, the curtains, the pegs. It shows us a couple things, and I know they can be a little bit um, tedious to go through those things. Um, there's, there's a reason why God records them in the first place, and, and we can spend a lot of time in that, but it, it all speaks of Jesus, the furnishings and stuff, like the um, shoe bread table, the 12 loaves of bread that represent the 12 tribes of Israel, but it also speaks that Jesus is the bread of life, uh, the menorah that was the only source of light, and, and the dimensions. And the Ark of the Covenant was about three feet long, two feet wide, uh, made of a of wood overlaid with gold. So we we have all those measurements it's just a record uh that gives to us of the replica of what was in the heavenly tabernacle that moses was shown and then the census the people but it shows us a couple things overall is that god does care he he knows our names he cares about every individual he cares about details he's a god of order the children of israel when they would go out into the wilderness um, I don't know if you ever watched the old Ten Commandments movement, uh, movie with Charleston Heston. You, <laughs> Many you know, there's times just since a. I
2: was a child, yes.
4: Well, yeah. Well, you know, there's just a gob of people that's, you know, leaving Egypt and going out in the wilderness. They left in orderly ranks. They left to where they uh, camped in a certain way. There's just detail, and God is a God of details, and and I think that as you go through those things that you don't have to get caught up in all the measurements and everything but you know just overall what is it speaking of what are those things speaking of you know the door to the tabernacle. jesus comes along and says i'm the door um just um you know the the sacrifices they are uh fulfilled by jesus they point to jesus they speak of jesus and and so those are the main lessons that you want to get. So you can get really tied down with those things, and I know how it is because we've taught through those books here at Calvary Greeley. I've taught through the Book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and sometimes it feels like, oh, this is just you know the details and the names and 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 all of that. But um, I think that there's blessing in there as you just continue to study and to see, you know, even as Jesus said to the religious leaders. That you search the scriptures and in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they that speak of me. And he's talking about the Old Testament scriptures. And the other side of the coin is, Jill, you know, we can get tied down looking at all those things, and I understand that. But the other flip side of the coin or, or the other side of the spectrum is this a lot of Christians ignore the Old Testament, and it's not to be ignored. So I got to commend you for reading those books. And, and going through those books, because I still believe that God's going to bless you as you do.
2: You know, I tell other people that I've read through this, actually, you know, I did read through it before, uh, years ago, and I had forgotten exactly how much detail, I knew there was a lot of detail about about all the different tribes and things, but not, I couldn't remember all the detail about the 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 inanimate objects, I mean, and so you bring a good point, and I, w- I guess I was looking for, there's got to be some symbolism in this. theres There's got to be, like the other pastor brought up, with counting every head, and it was a, just all this detail, and you bring up a good point that God is a God of detail, and I, I actually didn't recognize that before in the New Testament, and you're right, you know, I have friends that just say, oh, yeah, I can I get through the New Testament just barely. And I say but the the New Testament is only that's just the new history. There's not in order to really understand the New Testament, you have to read the Old Testament, no matter how hard it right.
4: is. Yeah, and, and you'll um, get a better understanding of, you know, the Bible in totality and you see it's all connected together. Because Jill, just real quickly, and then I'll let you go. It's like the children of Israel that, in the book of Numbers, it talks about all the details of how they were camped on the east side, south side, west side, north side. You look at the standard tribes, the tribe of Judah on the east side. They carried a standard. Well, it's believed that they carried a flag, You know, the line of the tribe of Judah, that Judah carried the symbol of a lion. And so forth. You go to the New Testament. Matthew was written to the Jews to show that Jesus is the King of Kings. What is the animal that's the king of beasts? The lion. You go to the book of Revelation, the four living creatures, and you have one um, that has a face of what? A lion. It's the same thing with the other, you know, uh standards. They had a standard of an eagle, a standard of a man, a standard of uh, of an ox. Uh, you know, you go to the Gospels. Uh, Mark was written to show that Jesus is the servant of, of all. The ox is the servant animal. You see what I mean? You start making connections that as they are going through the wilderness, they were speaking of Jesus, pointing to Jesus, that that he's the King of kings, he's the servant of all, he's the perfect man, he's deity, the eagle, the Gospels speak of that, and then the four living creatures in the book of Revelation. So you really start, you know, really getting, um, you know, connections that you start making. And it's wonderful, and it really brings the Bible alive to you. So good question, Jill. Really appreciate it. Keep reading your Bible, all right?
2: That helps that helped a lot, because now I can connect up the dots a lot better having, you know, for you to... And I thought it was symbolism. And then, it, you know, the number seven... You know, seven, yeah. seven, seven. Right. It's uh, you know, that's another thing. You know, that's throughout the Bible, and I knew I I know it has some sort of symbolism, but it's more what you what I yeah. hear you saying, Pastor, is that it just connects. It's just a, con- a connection all the way. It's through It's one Bible. harmonious
4: so message, is what it is. So, and it speaks of Jesus. So, good, Jill. Keep studying your Bible. Appreciate it. Call if you got any questions. We'll do our best to answer them. All right. God bless you. Hey, 303-690-3000, when somebody hangs up, that means there's an open line. So we'll just keep going to the phone lines. The text number, 720-336-0897, is available as well. And that's a 24-7 prayer line. So those at Calvary Church, just to remind you um, that uh, they will, anytime 24-7 you want to text in a prayer request, that you can do that, and you're going to have those who will get a hold of you, the staff, the pastors at Calvary Church, they will be praying for you. I think it's really neat. So anywhere in the country, you can do that as well. Um, Also, um, the calling number, 303-690-3000, but John's been waiting in Cheyenne. Hi, John. John, you there? John is not there. He had a question on fasting, how it relates to our lives. What uh, should we do when we fast? I'm, I'm going to come back to that if we have a little bit of time, but I know that Dean is on line three, so let's try Dean, see if he is there. Dean, you you there? Hello? Hi, Dean. You're on Calvary Live.
1: Hello. Uh, I just had a question about leadership in regards to, like, I'll be slowly. I'm. A, I'm young. I'm about you know 18, and I'll be slowly you know entering into various roles where I can serve more. And my question was, how do you kindly or like calmly maybe, what do you do whenever your whenever your your leadership asks you to do something that you just think is that that maybe that isn't on the word that isn't that isn't in God's word? How do you sort of deal with that and a in a manner that's very respectful or polite and all that. Yeah.
4: Well, there's when you go into ministry, um, certainly that um, there needs to be a support and uh, a trust with the leadership. Um, And it's kind of a broad uh, question that you're asking. What if they ask you to do something? If it's directly against the Word of God, you need to be faithful to God. Um, You need to be faithful to Him. Now if it's in an area where there's liberty where it's um it's not really clear in the word of God you just don't agree with the direction or the decision or whatever then you got to make up your mind whether you can support that leadership or not in the direction that they're going. So there's biblical mandate to if they're asking you to, you know, um you know, do something that's Totally contrary to the Word of God, you're going to be faithful to God, right? There's a problem that's there, and you know you can't be a part of that. If it's an area of just disagreement in the direction that you're going or philosophy of ministry, um, then you need to make the determination whether you can support that, be a part of the leadership because one thing that you don't want to do is you don't want to bring division. You don't want to bring turmoil. you don't want to bring confusion and um and so in the honesty, you know, of your heart to be able to say, I don't agree where we're going, you know, I just, um, you know, uh, don't want to be a part of it or whatever, and I just need to let you know. But, um, you know, if you do bring any kind of correction to the leadership in, in an area that they are involved in that's not according to the Word of God, which is contrary to the Word of God, you got to make sure you come up with chapter and verse, okay, and be able to try to show that to them. So it's kind of a broad question, and that's something that you're going to, as you get into ministry, um, that you're going to have to kind of pray through and be discerning about uh, as you serve the Lord.
1: All right, thank you so much that that answers that helps a lot. Thank you.
4: You know, Dean, here's the thing that I'll say: when I got into ministry, and I just And I want to encourage you just for a minute, because you said you're 18 years old, and I really believe that the church needs young people to be in ministry. And it's very important, because I think that young people are being pulled in different ways um, in in different ministries, and ministries that can have the philosophy of—that is not really going in a godly area, or ministries that— Um, are trying to please the Lord in what they do. So it's going to be important for you to, to have that church, have that ministry that you believe in the philosophy of ministry, that you really can support the leadership and get behind in what they're doing and trust them. And it doesn't mean that you're going to agree with every little thing or every little decision that is made, but there are those times you're going to find where you know I'm just going to have to trust in what the leadership is saying, the direction they're going, but if again, as I said, if it's contrary to the Word of God, of course there's a problem that's there, but God wants to use you, Dean, and he wants to use our young people and I just i got a a passion and a heart to encourage young people um to really you know this is going to be a hard season as we move forward um, because i'm getting older uh, i've been in ministry for almost 30 years and i plan on continuing to be in ministry but i know for me that i want to make sure that our young people that i'm ministering to that they understand the distinctive of ministry the direction that we're going and make it very clear to them so they can make a decision that you know this is we want to be a part of that we want to we trust that and um, and that has to be something that you need to be able to say, that I trust where the Church is going, where the leadership is going, and I agree with it. Okay?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and a lot of that, it really is that I, I trust my leadership, and I'm very thankful for what they're doing. It's just every once in a while, maybe one of them will ask me to do something that I don't know, that I think they may think is on the Word or something, and that they won't show me it's on the Word, but that I'm just having a hard time finding it is all it's like, is I'm having difficulty doing their specific task. That's, that's okay. really all it is, is it's like the gray area.
4: Yeah, the gray area. And here's the thing, you know, being a servant, sometimes, you know, you're going to be asked to do something, you, you know. And again, you you know, are you going to do that task or not? And um, And you know how you can tell that you're a servant? How do you react when you're treated like a servant? So, you know, I don't know, you know, if I tell people, hey, will you put this, you know, set up these chairs, set up these tables, tear these down, will you do these things, you know, um, and and that's where you got to decide whether you're going to go forward in that, doing those tasks that are asked for you to do. um, And because you're You know, you're going to be there to serve, and as you serve, you learn. And sometimes in ministry, you got to do things that you don't really, you know, want to do. Um, When I started in ministry, I was cleaning bathrooms, sweeping sidewalks, and I'm willing to do that now. But, you know, just maybe the Lord's teaching you to just be in that, you know, servant mentality. And so he'll show you, and I'm sure that he's going to guide you in that as well. So let me pray with you, Dean, real quick. Father, I just pray that you would just be uh, with Dean. As he's young, he's in ministry. We need our youth to be involved in ministry. And I pray that you would guide him and direct him and speak to his heart. And uh, he says he trusts his leadership. And, and um, Lord, those areas that are maybe gray areas that maybe he's struggling with, help him to sort those things out, to be able to talk to his leadership and honesty about it as well. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Thank Thanks, you. Dean. You bet. Hey, when we got a couple open lines 303 690 3000. Maybe you got a, a question on ministry. Maybe you got a question on the Bible, the Old Testament. We've covered that some in the show today. Maybe you got a prayer request, and that's what we're going to go to here in just a minute. Uh, but we got a couple open lines. And so grab one of those open lines. We got plenty of time in the show three oh three six nine oh three thousand you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs and we're gonna go down to Denver where Angie is on line one. Hi Angie.
2: Hi Pastor Jeff. How are you? Not good.
4: I'm so sorry. How can we pray for you?
2: My um I'm seventy. And I have a daughter who's 45 and we're mm-hmm. both disabled and she called me in January and begged me to let her come live with me okay. and my heart just said okay come and I didn't really pray about it and now I have a horrible situation this has always been a strange a strained relationship but He's not a believer, and I've had to file eviction for her. And tomorrow's the court hearing, and I keep praying for a place for her to go because my heart breaks thinking about her on the
4: street. Yeah, I'm so sorry. You know, and as hard as the relationship is between a parent uh, and their children, a mom and their daughter, whatever th- brings, you know, the, the difficulty in the the Relationship being strained, the relationship being severed, it brings a lot of pain. And that's what you're going through because that love for them never leaves, does it? No. And so it it doesn't. And you know that the situation is difficult, that there had to be a separation. But, you know, just the, the consequences, the repercussions of all of that. Father, I just pray for, for Angie. I just pray as... um. She's had this difficult relationship with her daughter, Lord, that she's broken-hearted. Um, She is, um, Lord, just um, weeping over this situation, and there may be some serious consequences for her daughter. Lord, we pray that you would intervene in any way in showing your grace and your mercy and your compassion that you would provide for her daughter somehow. Lord, that uh, you would bring peace to Angie, that you would bring her comfort that she needs right now. And even as she's brokenhearted, you're the one that can heal the brokenheartedness. And you're the one that um, desires to to bring comfort in all of our tribulations. Uh, even as Paul wrote that when he said that we were pressed beyond measure. And I know Angie's heart is being pressed right now. So, I, Lord, I just commit this situation to you. I just pray for daughter. I just pray that, Lord, that you would work and, and somehow you bring healing, that you bring just restoration, that you would bring, um, Lord, a change of heart in her daughter. Um, just work. You know what needs to be done. And we commit it all to you. And I think about how Jeremiah was told by the Lord, Jeremiah, there's nothing too hard for me to do. So we just ask that you would work In in this family's life, and Lord, that you would somehow restore this relationship over time. And uh, we just pray for tomorrow in the court hearing and all that, that uh, you would work, Lord, according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so sorry, Angie. Thank you for your prayer. You bet, absolutely. So hard. Relationships can be so hard, especially with family, and maybe you need prayer, and, and we're here to pray with you. We got all open lines. We're getting ready to head to break. So as we're getting ready to head to break, will you grab one of those open lines? You get, ask a question. You can give a prayer request. The number is 303-690-3000. We'll be right back after the break. We got plenty of time. We've had, a, you know, just a—it's been wonderful, this show, and even though we've heard um, just, you know— people and the difficult situations or that they're facing or uh, those who are making decisions about ministry or those who have questions. We're here to minister to you every way that we can to encourage you, and I hope that you're encouraged as you listen. So give me a call at 303-690-3000, and uh, that's the call-in number, the text line, which is 24... A seven prayer line. Uh, as you text in during the show, we'll, we'll take those prayer requests and those questions. But that number is 720 336 0897. And you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. We're going to take a break. It's the only break of the show, and we'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
4: And you have joined the second half of Calvary Live. You just heard those two numbers that were given, how you can be a part of the show, the call-in number and the text line. So I invite you. I believe we have all open lines right now. We had a great uh, first half of the show, a busy first half of the show, which is wonderful for Monday, let me know that you're there. Let me know that um, that uh, you're listening. And so I'd love for you to call in at 303-690-3000 and in the text line at 720-336-0897. And my name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Greeley in Northern Colorado. And I'm with you this afternoon. Always delighted to be with you and blessed and privileged and uh so uh i just pray you're doing well and uh so give me a call wherever you're at here in colorado listening live on grace fm or maybe on a another christian radio station or maybe online love to talk to you and bless you in any way that we can i want to make a quick announcement here um and then uh, we'll see where we're at with the show but we got plenty of time for you to call in and grab one of those uh open lines but uh we have started uh in person services since May, but we were out in the backyard all summer long uh, here at calvary Greeley but we 're bringing everything back inside we 've done that s- since uh, Labor Day weekend, and uh, we have three morning services at eight nine thirty and eleven o'clock We have children 's class at all three services and it 's been so wonderful to see the kids come back in and learn and uh, be ministered to and have worship. Uh, that, that didn't take place for six months, and we really missed the kids. And so we invite you to come out, and uh, the church really needs to meet. The church um, needs to meet uh, more than ever, I believe. And I know that we have restrictions, and I know that uh, we're still all dealing with the pandemic. And be praying for your pastors, because I can tell you the truth on this, that the pastors of your community— they're desiring to meet. They're desiring for the Christians to come together. They're trying to figure out how they can do it safely, and um, they all have different uh, convictions, and so pray for them and pray for the church. The church is very much needed today, especially as we see what's going on around us, and so we ask that you register for our services because um, we've got a limited space in the children and in the sanctuary, so uh, you can do that at calvarychapelgreeley.org. That's calvarychapelgreeley.org. Love to see you. We're going through Matthew's Gospel, and it is an incredible study on Sunday morning. You can also listen online. And I know that some of you that uh, are still, that um, you have health issues or um, you know you, you want to listen online, that is available for you. Uh, you can do that on our website and also our Facebook uh, Calvary Chapel Greeley Live on 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And then on Wednesday night, we're doing online services, and um, we are doing that Wednesday at 7 o'clock as we're going through the book of Jeremiah. If you've never done a study in one of the major prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, Ezekiel, it is absolutely incredible, and it speaks to us because Jeremiah is speaking to a nation that is dying. They are dying spiritually, and uh, it's very relevant for us today. And uh, we have really enjoyed that study. It's really spoken to our hearts. So 7 o'clock, org or Facebook Live uh, as well. So, hey, we got a prayer request to be praying for the firefighters. As you know, you, you read the news um, that we have fires going all over the West. We had fires that were really... You know, raging here in northern Colorado, the Cameron Peak Fire blew up uh, over Labor Day weekend from 25,000 acres to over 100,000 acres. Uh, homes were destroyed, a number of them. I think the last count was 25 or 30. And uh, these are people's homes that are uh, have been lost. And the snow came in last week, really suppressed it. But now we're getting back to some warmer, drier weather, and those fires can— uh, you know, pop back up and and um, begin to spread once again. So we want to pray for the firefighters. We want to pray as as that fire has gotten ever so closer to that area of uh, that is called the Red Feathers area, and uh, we have people in our own fellowship that have cabins up there or homes up there, and uh, so we want to pray for them. Uh, also, we want to pray for uh, the firefighters all over the country, and particularly on the. Um, California and Oregon um devastating wildfires uh that have burnt whole neighborhoods hundreds and hundreds of homes that have been burnt down the smoke uh so thick um absolutely in, you know devastating and uh, I had a relative that lived in northern California and we've been there in September and the cheatgrass grows you know to be a couple feet high 2 3 feet high very dry it's like dry you know straw, and uh, you get fires in there, and they run, especially with those winds, and uh, you can't outrun the fire, Um, and it, and it burns like gasoline. So we want to pray for the firefighters and the people there who have lost everything, lost their homes, lost their neighborhoods. It's very devastating, and we also got a hurricane that is coming towards Louisiana. A lot of upheaval, a lot of uncertainty right now, and uh, we as Christians need to be praying. So let's let's continue to do that. Father, we do pray for our own state here in Colorado. Uh, we pray for the firefighters. We thank you for the moisture that came in that suppressed the, the fires, especially the Cameron Peak that was running out of control. I remember thinking how eerie it was last week with the ash and, and ashes actually falling on our cars. And um, it, it was so eerie. So we thank you for that. Uh, But, Lord, we just pray that those fires would go out, be with the firefighters as they're uh, building lines, as they're uh, there to save structures. Uh, Be with them, guide them, be with the first responders, uh, because it's not only just the firefighters, but the sheriff's office, the law enforcement. It is uh, those uh, paramedics, others that are involved, and all the firefighters throughout the country that are fighting these wildfires. We see that uh, the Western states are on fire, devastating fires, burning homes. Lord, be with the people that have lost homes. Be with those who have lost everything. And uh, there's been loss of life, and we just want to lift up the families who have gone through tremendous loss of, of family members and loved ones. I pray that the Christians would be mobilized to be able to minister and to help and Lord, in these days where we see so much upheaval and uncertainty, uh, we just pray for our first responders. We pray for for those who are serving our communities. We pray that, Lord, that there be a turning to you. And Lord, a hurricane's headed towards Louisiana. Um, they just got through uh, with one that came up a category four and yet another one. Uh, we see what's going on all around the uncertainty. And Lord, I just pray for your mercy and for your um, grace uh, upon this land. I pray that there be turning to you, repenting to you, and calling out to you, because we need you. We need your help. And that we as Christians, that we would have compassion, that we would be a light, and that we would be um, just a blessing to others. So we lift all this up to you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You know, one of the things that I want to encourage you in is we're waiting for calls. we still got all open lines is what I see. And and, um, and so, um, you know, just uh, we as Christians, as we see the things around us, they can bother us. And it bothers me when I see the uncertainty, when I see the, um, you know, lawlessness, when I see... The things that are taking place. It concerns me. I'm very concerned for our nation and for our spiritual condition. But I also know that God wants to use me in the day in which I'm in. And He wants to use you as well. To be light, to to give the truth of the gospel, to serve others. The church is needed more than ever. And so I hope that um, that the Lord puts that on your heart. Who it is that you can minister to, to pray for our nation. Uh, We are here for such a time as this, and I really believe that we are rapidly headed towards the return of the Lord. I think we are in the last days, and these are very unique times. And uh, as we see the things around us, we can say that things are falling apart, but really, as we look at Scripture and through the lens of Scripture, that we see that things are falling into place, just like the Bible said it would happen. And so I want to be used in these last days. I, I want to be a blessing to others. I want to give truth to others. I want to stand for righteousness. And he desires to use us. So, um, love to talk to you. We got all open lines 303 690 3000 is the number to call. Love to talk to you about um, the things that the Lord pray with you. 303 690 3000. The text line is 720 336. 897, there's a text question that came in. It says, are Christians going to be in the tribulation period? Uh, I believe that, as I've said many times, um, that uh, I believe that the church is going to be raptured before the tribulation period, um, that we will be taken out of and away from the hour of tribulation that will come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth, the promise from Revelation chapter 3. Um, that we will not go through the tribulation period. The tribulation period being that final seven-year period, right prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And always keep in mind, when we talk about the return of the Lord, we're talking about two distinct events. The rapture of the church, where Jesus comes for his church, we will meet the Lord in the air. It will happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Jesus said concerning the rapture of the church, that I come when you're least expected, in an hour that you do not know. And then seven year period called the tribulation period um, that you read about in Revelations chapter six through nineteen, and at the end of that period is the second coming of Jesus Christ, where Jesus comes with His church. He comes literally, physically to the earth, touches down on the Mount of Olives, and He will then establish His kingdom, and we will rule and reign with Him for a thousand years. So that's what the Bible says. But with that said, as well that we know that in the tribulation period that there's going to be a ministry of 144,000 Jews that are evangelists, chapter 7 tells us, and there are going to be those who are going to give their lives to the Lord. Out of every tribe, tongues, people, and nation, uh, 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 many that will come to Christ during that time. Also, there will be an angel that will give the everlasting gospel to everyone— There's going to be the two witnesses in Jerusalem. So people are going to come to know the Lord, but they are also going to be persecuted. They're going to uh, be martyred um, for their faith in Jesus Christ. We know that as well. So we're in the day of grace. Uh, We're in the church age. We're we're waiting for the Lord to come back for the church and the rapture of the church. And then we will come back with Jesus in the second coming of Jesus Christ and uh, we got a wonderful future. That's one thing, listen, in the uncertain times that we're in, we have certainty, and that is what the Word of God declares to us, of heaven, of of going home to be with the Lord, of ruling and reigning with Him, to be with Him in the new heaven and new earth and new Jerusalem for all eternity, and that's so glorious, and I want to share that with others. And, And I want to give the message of hope, the message of hope, Jesus Christ and Him crucified, that he is our salvation, our forgiveness. He brings us reconciliation to the Father. Oh, we got such a marvelous opportunity in the day in which we're in. Hey, got a couple open lines. 303 690 3000 is the call in line. 720 336 0897 is the text line. Jared's in Longmont on line one. Hi, Jared. Hey, Jeff, how are you this
3: morning? Or- Good. Not morning no more. <laughs>
4: I think my morning's still going. <laughs> you know, it's been it's just been a very, very busy day. So how are you today?
3: I'm doing well. I'm hitting coffee time to keep me going, so that's why I feel it's morning still. <laughs>
4: exactly. Anyways,
3: uh I've been finishing my my own reading time in Jeremiah as well. And one of the common themes that I noticed from Jeremiah is that it seems that God gave Israel many chances to repent and to turn away from the directions that they were going all throughout the book of Jeremiah. So it really kind of got me thinking on, you know, the rest of the cities that um, God had pronounced judgment on all the way from the beginning, whether it was sending righteous Lot to Sodom and Gomorrah, um even the Israelites wandering around for, in the desert for 40 years in the whole land of Canaan, knowing that God had promised them that land. Um, to even after Israel was destroyed and sending the, the message out to Egypt and the surrounding nations, the judgment was coming for them as well. So it seems right. to me that God really likes to vocalize that, hey, judgment is coming, turn and repent.
4: Yeah. And, you know, you hit on something that's very important, even in the book of Genesis in the earliest times, that we know that Abraham was told, you're going to be a great nation, but also he was told as well that I'm going to make a covenant with you, and then your descendants are going to go into the land of a stranger for 400 years, while I deal with the iniquity of the Amorites. So God gave them 400 years to repent. He was dealing with them. Um, we also know that, isn't it interesting that, like the Philistines, when you go to First Samuel chapter uh, 4, when the children of Israel, who were not right with God at that time, they bring out the Ark of the Covenant, the battle against the Philistines, and the Philistines said, oh no, they brought their God into the camp, the ones who destroyed the Egyptians. That's 400 years after you know the drowning of uh, the chariots. They had 400 years to repent. Um, we know from uh, the book of Joshua, Rahab the harlot. She said, "We know that your God is truly God. He He drowned the Egyptians. They had 40 years. So you do see that pattern. And in the book of Jeremiah, you can go even before Jeremiah to Isaiah. Isaiah, who began his ministry in the year that Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up." That Isaiah was saying, you need to repent, turn away from the Lord, or you know you're going to go uh, and experience um, you know devastation, destruction, and captivity. And even Isaiah said, as he was ministering during the time that Assyria came in and took the ten northern tribes away, um, just as Jeremiah, you should have learned from your sister Israel. So all these warnings are given, and in the book of Jeremiah, he ministered for forty years. And it's interesting because we're in that section now where Jerusalem's about ready to be destroyed. Zedekiah, the last king, was told over and over again, do not rebel against Nebuchadnezzar. If you rebel against him, then the city's going to be destroyed. There will be death and destruction, and you're going to die, uh, Zedekiah. And you're going to be carted off you know, into captivity. But yet Zedekiah would not heed the word we are told and it's very sobering to us because i just got through uh jared talking about that there's going to be a time in history where god's going to pour out his wrath in a christ rejected world and he wants us to know that that is going to happen and that's a very sobering kind of thought but we are to warn people that god is going to judge sin he's going to judge this world and uh Sometimes we have to do it, we do it over and over and over and over again. God doesn't delight in in judgment, but He is going to judge sin, and He gives warning, and he is patient and long-suffering, um, but eventually He is going to bring those things to pass. And so you do see that pattern.:
3: Thanks, man. I just wanted to hear somebody else's input on the subject, just in my own thinking as of lately.
4: Yeah, and for 40 years Jeremiah warned and nobody listened. How hard of a ministry that must have been. And and here's the thing that people need to remember. God's word will come to pass. It will come to pass. And and so part of what we give, you know, even the gospel message is people got to hear the bad news so we can give them the good news. The bad news is the wages of sin is death. But the good news is that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, and even um, Jared, look, be looking for this as you read through the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah gave a difficult message of judgment is coming, captivity is coming, but he didn't leave them without any hope, did he? He told them that you know that there's you know a future and a hope. Um, write a letter to them, Jeremiah, that uh, you live in the land. You're off in captivity. It's going to be seventy years. But I know my thoughts toward you, the thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then as you go through those chapters, chapters 30 and 33 particularly, those are called the chapters of consolation where the Lord is saying, listen, I got a promise for you. And consider it in the latter days where a new covenant is going to come. And a time's going to come when uh, the Messiah is going to come and sit upon the throne of David and the branch of righteousness, and he's going to rule from Jerusalem, and I will be their God, and and I will write my law on their hearts. He doesn't leave them without any hope. And as we warn people, Jared, here's the thing we need to remember. We can't leave them without any hope. We tell people they need to repent of their sins. We tell people that judgment is real. But we can also tell them the hope is this that Jesus took the judgment for sin on the cross, and to accept that, and and there is hope and the message of hope, and not to leave them without any hope. So sometimes we we you know are quick to, um, you know, and just thinking the question that you gave to me, that you know judgments coming and all this, but we want to tell them that there is hope, and that is through Jesus Christ. So good observation, appreciate it. All right, 3036903000. We have some time in the show today. A good question, you know, always give people hope. Always give them the hope of the gospel. And and that's what they knew, uh, need. And um that's what they need to hear. Hey, there's a question, a text that came in. There is news that a prominent rabbi in Israel is talking to the Messiah. Could it be the antichrist? Well, I don't know who he's talking to. Uh, the Antichrist has not come on the scene. That's the thing that you need to remember as we talk about end-time prophecy, um, that the the Antichrist will come on the scene after the rapture of the church, the first seal that has opened up, the beginning of the tribulation period, or Daniel's 70th week. So the Antichrist has not come on the scene yet. So I don't know what this rabbi is doing, what, who he's talking to, any of those things. Um, but the Antichrist is not on the scene. And there can be a lot of, of talk today about, um, you know, the Antichrist. Here's the thing we're never told as Christians, the church, to be looking for the Antichrist. We are told to be looking for Jesus Christ. We don't know who the Antichrist is going to be. We know that he's going to come out of that revived Roman Empire uh, on um, Monday mornings um, teaching a Calvary Bible Institute class on the book of Daniel. And it's the foundation of Bible prophecy. It's the foundation to the book of Revelation. And in that, we see that there's gonna be the extension of the legs of iron, chapter two, the fourth beast of chapter seven. That is the, the uh, this revived Roman empire with 10 horns, 10 toes, and then this leader that's gonna come out, the little horn, called the Antichrist. And there's a lot that's spoken about him, um, but it's going to be in the tribulation period that, uh, as Daniel chapter 9 says, that he will make a covenant with Israel. The beginning of the tribulation period is not the rapture of the church. The rapture takes place before the tribulation period. The beginning of the tribulation period is the rise of the Antichrist. Um, The the first seal that is opened up, the rider on the white horse that comes with a bow in his you know hand but not an arrow he comes as a peacemaker and um so um he comes conquering unto conquer and so um, the antichrist is not on the scene we will not see the antichrist um we as christians so keep your eyes on jesus christ as well um three oh three six nine oh three thousand we got a little bit of time left in the show if you got a question um and Love to hear from you. Let me see if we got anything on the text line. Um, I was so surprised to hear you say that the church is divided. Most people do not speak that truth. Um, I I think that there's certain things that can divide the church, and you know, different circumstances. And um, one of the things that unites us is truth, love, and truth. Those two things go together, and um, so it's very important um, that we stand on truth, that we, uh, you know, stand on the biblical principles and truth that is given to us in God's word, and you know, and to be united, we need to unite. But we can get divided on issues that shouldn't divide us, and and that's where I think that we need to really be careful, be praying for one another, and uh, our basis of truth is Jesus Christ and Him crucified and truth, that is given to us in God's word. So, hey, we got a little bit of time left. I did want to read to you um, from Psalm thirty-seven at the beginning um, and uh, of the show, but wasn't able to because we've been busy. So now that we got a little bit of time, I think this is a good word for us because uh, as we start another week, uh, we find ourselves in fall. We find ourselves still facing uncertainty, and you know the elections are here and. You know, to be honest, that the election uh, is a big topic right now and will continue to be for the next couple months till the first Tuesday in November. Um, The COVID, the restrictions, you know, schools making decisions, all these things that we've been dealing with. And and we can begin to feel edgy, can't we? We get frustrated. We um, get overwhelmed with all this that is going on. And I want to read to you from Psalm 37, which I think is a good word for us that David writes, do not fret because of evildoers. Uh, and um, he, he says again in that psalm, do not fret. It only causes harm. We can come to that place where we fret. I know that I can fret. Um, I'm sure that you can say that there's been times during the last few months that you've fretted. And the Lord says you don't have to fret. But he, he tells us not to do something. But then he tells us what we are to do. And he says number one trust in the lord and do good so we can trust in the lord because he is with us he loves us he cares for us we can trust in him he's on the throne he's still sovereign so trust in the lord and do good dwell in the land feed on his faithfulness second of all we are to delight ourselves in the lord so number one we trust in the lord second of all we delight in the lord Do you delight in the Lord? Oh, we can delight in the Lord because He's so good. He saved us. And don't ever forget that. And always be thankful for that, that we have salvation, that we are forgiven people, that we have a wonderful future. So enjoy the Lord and delight in the Lord. That's second of all. And then as you do, He'll give you the desires of your heart. Thirdly, we are to commit your way to the Lord. So we are to commit to Him. Don't compromise To the world. Don't compromise the world's trends and philosophies, but commit your way to Him because His ways are true, His ways are right. And Jesus said, I come to give you life and life abundantly. And we have life as we come to Him in faith, we're forgiven, we're brought into the family of God, we have reconciliation with the Father. But here's the thing that He desires for us to experience life abundantly. Do you realize as a christian that we experience life abundantly because we have his peace and we have his wisdom and we have his promises and we can cast our cares on him because he cares for us we can commit our ways to him and that's the best way to live commit to him because his ways are true and right and then fourthly he says rest in the lord you know one of the things that we can do is we can trust in the lord but sometimes we don't rest in the lord we become restless and we become restless when we take our eyes off the Lord. When we begin to look at all the things that overwhelm us and and begin to focus and pry our toys on those things, we become restless. So rest in the Lord, just resting in His love and resting in His promises that He has for us and wait patiently for Him. So that's number five, to wait for Him. And I know that some of you, that you are waiting on the Lord. That you're waiting during this time you have been waiting. And the lord promises in his word that as you wait for him that he will be good to you that as you wait for him that he'll be compassionate to you that as you wait for him that you're going to see him working and it's not always easy to wait is it it's not easy to wait all the time but we need to learn that in our spiritual walk to wait on the lord because we live in an instant world we want things right away and i know that some of you are waiting during this time wondering what's the end, you know, uh, plan to all this that's going on. But I want you to know this, day by day, walk with the Lord, trust in Him, commit your way to Him, rest in Him, and delight in Him. Hey, thank you for today's show. Looking forward to being with you next time. God bless you. Have a great evening. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep studying your Bible. God bless you.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live.